Hello, everybody, and welcome into episode number 138 of the Bible 2021 podcast. We are reading the fourth chapter of Romans today, and our focus is on Abraham, the father of the nation of Israel. Why is Abraham so important to Christians who are not of Jewish ethnicity? So every day we dig into one chapter of the Word of God, and five days a week we're in the New Testament, and tomorrow and the next day we are in the Old Testament. I want to welcome you. Thank you for listening. Please do check out our website, Bible2021.com. Be sure and share the podcast with your friends and neighbors, because our goal is to get All of us reading the Word of God together and obeying the Word of God together. So let's open with a comment from famous author Og Keep, who wrote the book The Atheist's Tale, which my wife and daughter have been fighting over this week. Well, until I managed to find a second copy laying around on my bookshelf. Og says, If we do a word study for the word seat in the Bible, we find first the mercy seat. In Exodus, we find how it was to be made, and in Leviticus, how it was to be treated. Later, we read, as in Romans 14 and 2 Corinthians 5, that we shall stand at the judgment seat of Jesus. A judgment seat is where a judge would sit to pass down a ruling, to acquit or to condemn the one standing before it. By that understanding, the mercy seat is a place where the Spirit of God may sit to pass down mercy and the forgiveness of sins. Those who have stood before God at the mercy seat need have no fear of the judgment seat. That is a very profound truth. Thank you for sharing that, Og. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Today, we're focused on Abraham. Why is he so important? Think about it. Abraham was born in modern-day Iraq, and he lived like literally over 4,000 years ago. 4,000. So like over 2,000 years before the time of Jesus. That is a long, long time ago. Now, Abraham did indeed become the father of the nation of Israel, but why is that important for Christians in India or Canada or Australia or the United States or New Zealand or Northern Ireland or Spain or Zimbabwe or South Africa or whatever? After all, our father is God and our savior is Jesus, right? Abraham is the father of Jews, not really of Christians. Yeah, right? Well, ethnically speaking, that's absolutely true that Abraham is the father of the Jews. But spiritually speaking, Abraham is also the father of believing Christians, maybe even in a deeper way than he is the father of ethnic Jews. In our passage today, Paul explains why, and in the process gives us another wonderful summary of the good news in a small package, and talks to us about how to stand before God guiltless. Romans 4, 9 through 11 says, We say faith was credited to Abraham for righteousness. In what way then was it credited? While he was circumcised or uncircumcised? It was not while he was circumcised, but while he was uncircumcised. And he received the sign of circumcision as a seal of the righteousness that he had by faith while still uncircumcised. This was to make him the father of of all who believe but are not circumcised, so that righteousness may be credited to them also. So there it is. Abraham is the father of many nations, and he is the father of all Christians too, because Abraham believed God in faith and therefore was gifted or credited righteousness in return. Abraham was reckoned as righteous because of his faith. We see that in a very succinct form in verse 3 of Romans 4 which I think is honestly one of the top three, 
maybe top five most profound verses in the Bible, and it is our verse of the day. Romans chapter 4, verse 3, for what does Scripture say? Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him for righteousness. Now, Abraham could be a bit of a scoundrel at times. Not once, but twice he lied and said his wife was his sister, which led to her almost marrying, or actually maybe even marrying, at two other guys. He was far from perfect, but ultimately, God credited him with righteousness, but not because of his abundance of righteous deeds or because of his stainless and spotless character, but because he believed in God's promise. Well, let's read our passage, and then we'll come back and have some commentary from Spurgeon to help us better understand how Abraham is our father. Romans chapter 4, verse 1 in the Christian Standard Bible. What then will we say that Abraham, our forefather, according to the flesh, has found? If Abraham was justified by works, he has something to boast about, not before God. But what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him for righteousness. Now to the one who works, pay is not credited as a gift, but as something owed. But to the one who does not work, but believes on him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is credited for righteousness." Just as David also speaks of the blessing of the person to whom God credits righteousness apart from works, blessed are those whose lawless acts are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Blessed is the person the Lord will never charge with sin. Is this blessing only for the circumcised then, or is it also for the uncircumcised? For we say faith was credited to Abraham for righteousness. In what way then was it credited? While he was circumcised or uncircumcised? It was not while he was circumcised, but uncircumcised, and he received the sign of circumcision as a seal of the righteousness that he had by faith while still uncircumcised. This was to make him the father of all who believe but are not circumcised, so that righteousness may be credited to them also. And he became the father of the circumcised, who were not only circumcised, but also following the footsteps of the faith our father Abraham had while he was still uncircumcised. For the promise to Abraham or to his descendants that he would inherit the world was not through the law, but through the righteousness that comes by faith. If those who are of the law are heirs, Faith is made empty and the promise nullified because the law produces wrath. And where there is no law, there is no transgression. This is why the promise is by faith, so that it may be according to grace to guarantee it to all the descendants, not only to the one who is of the law, but also to the one who is of Abraham's faith. He is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made you the father of many nations. In the presence of the God in whom he believed, the one who gives life to the dead, and calls things into existence that do not exist. He believed, hoping against hope, so that he became the father of many nations according to what had been spoken. So will your descendants be. He did not weaken in faith when he considered his own body to be already dead, since he was about a hundred years old, and also the deadness of Sarah's womb. He did not waver in unbelief at God's promise, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God because he was fully convinced that what God had promised he was also able to do. Therefore, it was credited to him for righteousness. Now, it was credited to him, was not written for Abraham alone, but also for us. It will be credited to us who believe in him who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead. He was delivered up for our trespasses 
and raised for our justification. Well, here's some great commentary from Charles Spurgeon. He says, The law claims complete obedience without one spot, speck, failure, or flaw. And Christ has brought in such a righteousness as that and gives it to his people. The law demands that the righteousness should be without omission of duty and without commission of sin, and the righteousness which Christ has brought in is just a righteousness like that. For its sake, the great God accepts his people and counts them to be without spot or wrinkle or sin or any such thing. The law will not be content without spiritual obedience. Mere outward compliances will not satisfy, but... Our Lord Jesus' obedience was as deep as it was broad, for his zeal to do the will of him that sent him consumed him. He says himself, I delight to do your will, O my God. Yes, your law is within my heart. Such righteousness he puts upon all believers. By the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. Righteous to the full, perfect in Christ. We rejoice to wear the costly robe of fair white linen which Jesus has prepared, and we feel that we may stand arrayed in it before the majesty of heaven without a trembling thought. This is something to dwell upon, dear friends. Only as righteous ones can we be saved, but Jesus Christ makes us righteous, and therefore we are saved. He is righteous who believes on him, even as Abraham believed God, and it was counted unto him for righteousness. There is therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus, because they are made righteous in Christ. Yes, the Holy Spirit by the mouth of Paul challenges all men, angels, and devils to lay anything to the charge of God's elect, since Christ has died. O law, when you demand of me a perfect righteousness, I, being a believer, present it to you, for through Christ Jesus, faith is encountered unto me for righteousness. The righteousness of Christ is mine, for I am one with him by faith, and this is the name wherewith he shall be called, the Lord our righteousness. Amen. There Spurgeon is telling us, that the perfect righteousness of Christ is applied to my account and your account by faith in Jesus. Only perfect people can get into heaven. None of us are perfect, but thanks be to God, the perfectness of Jesus can be made and laid on our hearts and on our accounts by faith, not by works, by faith. Abraham experienced that, and he is the father of all who are saved by faith. Well, let's close with our Bible verse of the month of May, May Matthew 28, 18 through 20, the Great Commission. Jesus came near and said to them, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. Thank you, Jesus, for that. Good day to you, friends, and Godspeed.